in the name of one God who creates, redeems, and sustains us. Amen. In my sermon a few weeks back, I talked about how we are in the liturgical season of... Ah, you guys did way better than the 8 o'clock. Good listening. We are in the liturgical season of Epiphany, which is a time in the church where we listen for who Jesus is being revealed to us, and in light of who we are seeing Jesus to be, we in turn can better reflect on who we are becoming as God's people. And we get this great reading today, which if you were following along from last week, it's the second half of last week's gospel, where last week stopped, we actually pick up that line and move on. And it's pretty great, because, you know, here's Jesus, he's in the temple, and everybody is focused on the fact that the prophecy has been fulfilled, Jesus is here, the Messiah, isn't this great? Jesus is the Messiah, wow, woohoo! And then Jesus kind of goes, hmm, hold the phone, not quite as great as you think it is. For prophets aren't going to be respected in their hometown, and we all hold on, like, we really pay attention to that. And then the crowds are like, ah, Jesus explains what he's talking about, and then they try to run Jesus off a cliff. And so we focus on how the crowds react to what Jesus says. And we totally missed this point, which actually Reverend Josh pointed out to me as we were talking about this gospel reading, is that if you were to go to last week, Jesus is walking into Galilee and everybody is stoked. It is Jesus. They are praising him. And then he comes into the temple and he reads the scripture. And what does it say? Look today. I bet you all missed the line. They were amazed. They weren't angry. They didn't dislike him. They were amazed. They were on board with the Jesus movement because they thought Jesus was going to bring them what they wanted to make their lives better. Jesus was going to be the hero Messiah and banish the Romans out of the country and tell them they didn't have to pay those extortionist taxes anymore and that their lives would be improved and they would be king of the hill rather than bottom of the heap. And they love the idea that Jesus is going to do this until, well, Jesus explains it's not quite what he has come to do. Jesus, in what he says after they are amazed at him, the hometown son, he explains that the message of freedom that he brings, the message of liberation that he has come to share, isn't just for the Jewish population living under Roman rule. It isn't just for them in a way that makes their lives better at the expense of someone else. No, not at all. Rather, Jesus says that his message is for all people. It is open to all people. It is to be brought to all people. So when Jesus clarifies what this actual Jesus movement is all about, the crowds turn on him and try to throw him off the cliff. Because Jesus... He's not given the messianic victory speech they were expecting. 
Jesus isn't telling them that they are more worthy or deserving than the next person, even the Romans. And in fact, Jesus lays the groundwork that quite frankly, they all have work to do. And that they may not always like where Jesus' message leads them. Hence, no love for a prophet in his hometown. Jesus' message throughout his ministry calls those who are listening to question what they value, to question what they hold dear, to question what they love the most, to question what they think is the most important thing to have. I imagine that today in 2022, we aren't that different from the crowds. We come to church or listen to church at home, but we come to church longing for the message that Jesus is offering. We come to church wanting to hear how Scripture is speaking to our lives. We come to church so that we can do God's work in community, not just on our own. And like the crowds gathered at the temple that day, we are ready to praise Jesus' message and be amazed at what we can do. And then we get to a sticky point. Because like those in the temple, when we get a message that challenges us or insists that we examine what we believe, that we might have to move a little bit, stretch some, when Scripture challenges what we believe, well, we're happy to just ignore it. Skip over that section. Oh, look, the pages are stuck together. We want to move on. Let's just go to the happy Easter stories or back to that lovely fuzzy nativity scene. But this is epiphany. And in epiphany, we are called to see who Jesus is, and who are we becoming in light of his message? Who are we becoming as God's beloved community? This year, we are in the Gospel of Luke, the Gospel of the downtrodden, the women, the sinners, the prostitutes, the tax collectors, Jesus is calling us out of our comfort zones for his message. And while it is loving and liberating, it is not easy to accomplish because we are called to change. Just as Jesus reads in the temple in Galilee and applies it to the current moment in his community, so we are called to do the same today. Who is this Messiah we follow? And what are we to do about his message? How do you and I, after two years of pandemic, living in the South Bay, reach out to those who are downtrodden? How do we use the gifts that we have gathered in our community 
for bringing about God's dream, for doing our part in the Jesus movement. Luckily, we have Paul's first letter of the Corinthians to guide us. For the past few weeks, we have heard from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, a little lesser known than chapter 13, which we heard from today. But chapter 12, actually, I probably even like more because it talks about how we have many gifts and yet we're part of one body. It tells us that we're stronger when we all work together. And in fact, the 12th chapter of Corinthians always makes me think of my favorite saying from the Middle East, all of my fingers, they are not the same. To love our neighbor, to respect the dignity of every human being. The Apostle Paul's discussion of gifts goes right into this familiar reading that we heard today. It is clearly read outside of weddings and funerals. Today is its day in the sun. But it follows this discussion of gifts, and it goes into this reading of what love is, and it is summarized in those last lines. Faith, love, I'm sorry, faith, hope, and love abide. And the greatest of these, the greatest of these is love. Apostles, Apostle Paul's summary of Jesus' message, use our gifts to spread faith, to spread hope, to spread love. Last year, the vestry came up with our why statement. What is it that St. Cross with our gifts uniquely offers to our community? And as you've heard me say it throughout the past year, if you read the annual report, you will see it pop up in places. And our why statement, why are we St. Cross? Who are we as a people? We are a community that serves others as a sign of God's love. Our church is about service. It is in our DNA. And our gospel reading and our epistle reading call us to delve further into the why. If we are a community who serves others as a sign of God's love, then what are our gifts today in 2022? What are our gifts and what are we to do with them? What can we do that spreads God's faith and hope and love? Your vestry will be wrestling with this question this year. How do we best take our gifts to serve others? And that, that is going to stretch us and at times make us uncomfortable. And it will not always be lovey-dovey, but yet faith, hope, and love will abide and when we have differences of opinion, I think we know enough now. Don't run one another off of cliffs, no matter how much we disagree. Because we are one body, and we need all of us. As long as we focus on who Jesus is, 
and who we are becoming, I believe we will do our part in the Jesus movement. We will do our part for bringing about God's dream for all of us. Amen.